listening to the music podcast with Dave and Neil. Dave found the bongos, everyone. Uh, hey guys, welcome to the music podcast. Uh, stop that. Okay. We we are. Uh, it's a bit of a unique episode. Well, not really unique. It's just we don't have any guests this week. We're guest free. And um, uh, our engineer Mike, our Vienna people, is uh, running around. So we are uh, we are, I guess, alone. It's alone in this big crazy world called Vienna li- people. <laughs> it's literally happened that Mike was just like, you know what? I've got some bills to pay, so mm. I'm gonna hit record and. Uh, Go for gold. Don't touch anything. And then, of yep. course, you see two fucking bongos on the ground. You're like, great, action. Well, I mean, in my defense, we're in this room, you know, what, once a once a week. Yeah. And I very rarely play any of the musical instruments that we're constantly surrounded by <laughs> during our podcasts. Mainly um, because I can't play. You know what I love? Especially when we have guests on. And yeah. every single time they walk in, like Conrad Sewell's done it, Guy Sebastian's done it, and they'll see this big, beautiful piano here. Yeah, I, I mean, again, we're not musicians, so we can't tell you, but it's really pretty. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Every time they walk in, like, is this a wow? Is this a Grandmaster five seven three two? I'm like, oh, you bet it is. I see you have the Yamaha four thousand here. It's like, I don't, I don't know. Every what that musician is. who walks in here sees <laughs> something. They're like, oh wow, is this the new microphone? The uh, yeah. ADL one two five seven nine six three. I'm like, yeah. oh, I love How those about ones. ADL one five six seven two five nine. Guy Sebastian, never heard of it. They, and um, he'll say, that's not a microphone. No, then I just start crying because I don't know what to do after that. Yeah. They, they always want to do like a little tour of the, of the studio. They always think it's our studio. Yeah, we're like, yeah, this is ours, this is ours. Um, and then Mike gets really excited because um, obviously he owns Vienna people. Yeah. And he gets to kind of like show people around it. And we just stand around awkwardly. <laughs> and and once they like, see, we're just at the piano go, but have you heard Kanye West run away? Ding! Yeah. We just start playing that. Can I admit something to you, Neil? What? I think I've forgotten how to play it. No, it's fine. It's like three things. Because we, we self-taught. Yeah. Um, we self-taught ourselves how to play um, Runaway by Kanye West on the piano at Vienna People. Uh, the trick is that if you open up like the like the back of it and look at the strings... <laughs> this is what we're talking about as far okay. as like not being musicians. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, all of like the, the little string doodads, okay, have a number on it. And if you are smart enough to remember the numbers, yeah. you don't need to know any musical keys. That's yet. how Andre Rieu learned piano. Yeah, it's yeah. just like 68, 68, 68, 68, <laughs> 68. Like, if you know Runaway, it starts with one note like 19 times. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you can figure out where to go after 68, whew, you're halfway there. My dream is for Hans Zimmer to come in one time and be like, I need a new theme song for the new Batman movie. Like, yeah. Hans, take a seat. It 68. goes like this. 68. <laughs> 65, no, 64. <laughs> Change up a little bit. I don't know if Hans is ready for that one. Yeah. Um, I am disappointed to say that we did need some help getting, <laughs> getting all the way through yeah. the first... Uh, the first yeah, because a little fun song. fact about Michael, our producer, is he's an incredible pianist. Yes. Um, and every fucking time as well, when someone walks in here and is impressed by the instruments, mm. Mike's like, oh, I'll just play something for you. And he plays like one of the hardest fucking songs ever. Yeah. Like, it's not like, I'll just play Mary Had a Little Lamb. He plays like Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Last week he played like fucking Bon Jovi's Always, and Conrad Sewell's manager's like, "Wow, this guy's really good." Yeah, and everyone just kind of like, you know, everyone sort of sits around being like, "Okay." Uh, well, I thought we just had a really great thirty-five minute podcast, guys. Let's talk about that. Now let's talk about Michael and his fucking piano. <laughs> well, Michael, when you do listen back to this, we love you, mate, and uh, stay you forever, please. <laughs> stay you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a couple of weeks because so a little recap. A couple of weeks ago, 
we did the podcast with the presets. Yep. Um, and then you immediately went to LA. Yep. Um, for your short film. And then I was kind of locked in to do two or three episodes alone. Yeah. Um, How then... many of those happened? None. Because this, this is the thing. If you, you listen to a live day, this is what happened. Oh, wow. Yeah. So okay. I got like just incredibly fucking sick. Yeah. Like, so to the like, to, uh, like uh, uh, inflamed lungs. Ooh. Didn't know that was a thing. That sounds like like a bad. So time. just essentially, if you breathe in, like I would just go on a coughing fit. So I was like mm. straight away, like that week's episode not going to happen. Yeah. And then the next week's show, I was still recovering, and kind of in that fluey stage where you're just like, <coughs> like just you know really yeah. gross. So I was like, can't do it then. And then we came back, and I think you were there for mm. Conrad, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was the next one. Because yeah. I've done shows like when you're a bit sick before, and it's the worst. Mm. Like you don't. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not like working in a mine bag, you know, like as far as jobs go, but you know, like it's, it's talking for 30 minutes Yeah. when you're like into a microphone and, um, like I, uh, really enjoy it. Yeah. And like, I, I didn't realize as well, like, you know, when you talk, when you talk into a microphone, it picks up everything. Like for example, just, just me chapping my lips. Yeah. That would sound like a fish. Yep. That's just me chapping my lips. Yep. Now imagine that with a lot of mucus. You don't want to hear it. And don't that's why that. we didn't do a podcast. So there was no podcast three weeks. I came back. We had Conrad. Conrad yeah, Conrad last week, week. Which was fun. Um, um, but you're going off to Montreal now. Yeah. So I'm going to be um, doing a little bit of a trip. So I'm in Canada for three weeks. Then New York for a week. And then going to Melbourne um, for a mate's Bucks party. Mm-hmm. Um, and then back in Sydney in the middle of August. So, so sadly, you, you miss the magic that is Splendor. Um I'm devastated about that because I've wanted to go. I've never been to Splendor before. It's yep. like been like festival that I've always wanted to go to. Like I've never been to a camping festival before, mm-hmm. which is like so Splendor was like always the one I wanted to, wanted to go to. And then we got comps this year, like media media tickets. Yeah. So we'll be like. So I don't know if we I don't know if we've announced this on the podcast before, but we'll be podcasting from Splendor. Well, you will be because I'm not going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you were. Until I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. So you'll. Yeah. Do you know who? No, nah, we won't find out until closer to the date, but yeah. we know that we'll, yeah, we'll be doing, I don't know if, if we'll roll it out similar to how we did Big Sound last year, so kind of like two or three parts. I imagine we will, yeah. um, because obviously, you know, there are three different days, three different bills, Yeah. all that, you know, Kendrick's, I imagine, isn't going to show up on the Friday morning and just chill till he's set on Sunday night. I suspect not. I imagine he's showing up at Sunday night at 15 minutes before he's meant to go on. Yeah, and they just... Drive him straight to the stage and yeah. bada boom. Yeah, well, I'll text him and I'll find out. But yeah, yeah. yeah. What up, Kendrick? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> well, um, are it. you going to have a co-host up there with you now that I can't? I, I, I mean, I, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who's the music sending? Um. So there's going to be me, obviously. Yep. Um. Our friends at Three Hundred One are going to be engineering. Yep. Right. Um. And yeah, that's about it. So we'll, yeah, we'll cool. have a pretty small knit team. Um. But yeah, and like I, it's, you know, it's one of those things. How many times, like back early in the podcast days, when we announced, like we've got this person on next week, and then you know we leave the podcast, happen, and then I get yeah. that email or call saying, "Hey, we have to pull out," and then we look like dickheads. Yeah. But I mean, we've got a lot of cool people locked in at this stage. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's can't always, say who, but some exciting people. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you need me to Skype in, yeah, and you know, if you're like, oh, don't know if I can handle Kendrick. Solo, mm. um, happy to mm. happy to oblige. Yeah, happy to pop in and uh, and say good day to him. <laughs> just, just say Kendrick, please, but I'm just going to make a call. Yeah, and yeah. Then it's an international call, so we'll have to wait like the extra thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah. and there'll be that delay as well, so that'll be a really good conversation to have. <laughs> I, I'd enjoy that. I would enjoy speaking yeah. to. Kendrick but like, I mean, I mean, I'd, hopefully, we'll get to chat to a couple of people who've been on this podcast before. You know, like Dean Lewis, who's really rad, and yeah. Amy Shark, who 
last time she was here, like we had this running joke that every time I see her, she's accomplished like another crazy milestone. Yeah. Like, so the first time that I ever um, interviewed her was like the week before the Triple J Hottest 100 when she debuted at number two. Yeah. Then the next time she had just got the call up for Fallon. Yeah. And then the next time was she's announced her new album. Yeah, okay. Um, that also has Mark Hoppus from Blink-182 on there. So what's it's... next? What, like, what, what's going to be the I next know. I, I have no idea. I mean, her new album comes out next Friday, which is very exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 I hope Splendor's... Because I haven't been to Splendor either. Yeah. I've wanted cool. to go many times. Well, it's like the lineup is so good this year mm. um, that it hurts my heart a little bit that I can't, I can't <laughs> yeah. make it. Yeah. I mean, the other gig that I'm hurting my heart that I can't make is Childish Gambino. Is going to be, oh, you won't be in here. the forecourt. Well, I'll be in the country, but I missed the when there was. Sure. I missed when they were selling tickets. They sold out like bloody hotcakes. And um, <laughs> do people we'll still just, say hotcakes. They do when they talk about how fast <laughs> tickets go. Um, and some of these hotcakes, Neil, um, are now going are being scalped like on you know online uh, you know websites like um, Viagogo. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Um, for as much as like nine hundred bucks a pop now. With those, like, so if, if you go, cheeky plug here, if you go to theminty.com.au, you'll see a bunch of articles. Yeah. Like, and especially these bigger events, like I remember um, Jerry Seinfeld, yep. Adele, Ed Sheeran, there were tickets going for north of three grand. Yeah, wow. And you're talking not only standard tickets, but when you go to these resale websites, there's no guarantee that that ticket will be valid. Yeah, of course. Um, I can't think of anyone that I would love enough to risk a three grand ticket on. Totally. Like, I, I, love, I, I love Childish Gambino and I, I'm absolutely kicking myself that I'm going to miss mm. miss this concert. But, um, you know, even if, like, even, like, a couple hundred bucks, you know, like, if you were, like, would you drop $500 on a ticket? Maybe if I was having a really good yeah, month. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't imagine like, a time Gambino's ever been hotter. Yeah. Both, like, in his music world and film world, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember he was here last, was it 2015, 2016? The last time I saw him was, um, I think, the second, uh, the second last time. Listen out, right? I saw him when he, I saw him ages ago when he did camp, when he was here doing camp. Yeah. Um, which was, like, and where, was he, where was he playing there in Sydney? I saw him a big day out. Fuck, okay, yeah. Years ago, and then what, he was what, back to the Pardon? What time set was that? Oh, like early. Like yeah. this is like he literally just done um, release camp. Um, community wasn't even a thing then. Was I it? don't even know if community yeah. was a thing. And like I was kind of dragged to him because I didn't like I'd probably only heard heartbeat at that point. Mm. And uh, he was playing I forget the venue but like one of the smaller stages mm. in this big sort of tin shed. Um, and it was he was amazing. Mm. Like, the, the crowd absolutely... Yeah, because I think last time he was here, I remember we, we, there was a story that we played in Newcastle, and it was a relatively small venue. Yeah. And there were complaints, because apparently, like, he didn't engage with the crowd. He kind of just... Obviously, as far as, like, the stage goes, he kind of just hung around in the DJ booth, and then yeah. a lot of the time was facing the wall. But it, it, He it's just funny. wasn't that big, and now look at what's happened since. Like, well, because I remember, like, I remember that Newcastle show getting all this kind of flat, mm. and like, um, but then I'm pretty sure that was the same tour that he played. Um, Listen out. Listen out. Yeah. Where um, Triple J did a live at the wireless. I'm pretty sure from that gig, and I wasn't there for the actual gig, but like listening back to it, mm. um, it's like one of the best live at the wirelesses I've ever heard. Like, wow. it's okay. fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, so. You know, I don't know if that sort of Newcastle gig was an outlier mm. or... I mean, I'd heard rumours that, like, at the time it was supposed to be a DJ set. Or, yeah. like, it was supposed to be a... It wasn't actually, like, a, a 
you know, a traditional Gambino gig. Yeah. But there's no way that's what you would ex- you would expect a DJ set from the forecourt. I think that when he's playing, you know, this Sydney tour, um, you know, Spilt Milk down in Canberra, and of course he's playing the forecourt in, in Sydney and then a couple other gigs around, um, I think it's going to be huge. What's also really cool with Splendour as well is, so, I mean, it was kind of shitty that um, the Canadian duo Chromio had pulled out. Yeah. Um, but... Do we know why that was? They've just said health reasons. Sure. Um, I, I don't know if you can look into that or not, but, um, like, so just casually slipped in as the presets. Yeah, And they're cool. just, because obviously we had them on the show a couple of weeks ago, and they yeah. just wrapped up their um, their tour, and all the reviews have been hugely positive. Because it was funny, we um we had them in uh, on the day they launched the album, <laughs> so so neither of us had listened to it yeah. properly no. at that point. And so, like, I was, like, right after the interview, I, like, chucked them on on mm. the walk home uh, from, the, from the studio, and it is... Awesome. Mm. Like, it is, I think, one of their best, best I wonder, albums. Do you reckon they knew at the time? Because remember we spoke about Splendor and they were talking about like, some of their Splendor memories. And Well, no, because they told us pretty explicitly that they weren't. I'm pretty yeah. sure. They were like, yeah. no, we're not playing. So I reckon they got a, a late call-up for yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah. Like, like, a lot of people obviously, like, obviously the presets. Panau are another one. Like, those kind of mm. acts as well. Like, they're so good at festivals. I think Panau have said before, like, yeah. it's best to see us at a festival rather than, like, a headline show. Yeah, sure. Um, Kendrick's obviously another one. Um, Amy will be great. Um, yeah, it'll be pretty It'll be pretty sweet. Yeah. So I'm just going to hope for my own sake that all the interviews aren't booked around the times that I want to go see bands. Yeah, exactly. Because that would suck. That would suck. If you were at Splendor, but, like, working the whole time, no boy. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. Um, but, I mean, you'll be in Canada. I'll be in Canada. Yeah. Um, how was LA? LA was great. LA's a lot of fun. I'm um I'm not a big fan of winter. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't like being cold. Yeah. I am a, a brown man. Uh, <laughs> I assume that my ancestors were from somewhere <laughs> warm and tropical. Yeah. Uh, and um that's just my preference. So being there, like LA in in like early summer, mm. is just ugh. The weather is just. Yeah. Meal. So my sister's in New York right now, and it's like thirty-five degrees. Yeah. And I imagine, it, especially in like concrete jungle, mm. thirty-five degree heat, kill me. Well, New, New York's uh, uh, is a tough city to be <laughs> yeah. hot in because it's like it's like a real sticky, like you know, airless hot that sort of just yeah. lingers on the city. But like um, LA is like it's very dry, like it's like a desert climate. So yeah. it's like even when it's quite hot, it's like um, you know, it's like it's hot. It's like not super humid, so it's like. Hot in the sun, cool in the in the shade, mm. uh, and it was just like you know exactly what we wanted was like to come from like cold wet Sydney and like rock up and it's like palm trees and like blue skies and margaritas. So we <laughs> we had a we had a pretty red time and our our, our film uh, that we did uh, we did a little horror film called Granny about a, a grandma that goes on a murderous rampage. Mm. Uh, bit of fun, Neil. Very tame. Fun. Very tame. And uh, so we were there like for a festival showing the film off. So it was just it was kind of like. You know the best sort of yeah. way to do a holiday is to and be there with for the Montreal reason. one, it's like the, one of the biggest genre festivals ever, right? Yeah, so so uh, it's called Fantasia, uh, which it's a big fest uh, film festival in Montreal. Yeah, and it's kind of like there are probably like three big like horror and genre specific festivals in the world. It's Fantasia in Montreal, uh, Fantastic Fest in Austin, Texas and uh, Sitka's in Spain. And so they're kind of like the three, the three really big horror festivals. Uh, so we, our film, obviously it's about a grandmother that, that kills people, so it's a bit weird. Mm. It's, um, it's like fun, but it's weird. Yep. So like we kind of knew that 
it was never going to have a life at like Sundance or like Khan. Like it's not like a a highbrow yeah. artistic yeah. film. Yeah. Uh, so for us, like this is kind of like our Khan. You know, yeah, like it's yeah. it's kind of like the Khan of of genre horror filmmaking. Yeah. So we're we're super stoked to to have got into it, and so I'm going there for the whole festival just to watch like a bunch of weird, wacky horror and genre films yeah. and to show off ours as well, which will yeah. be sick. That's rad. Yeah. And I thought, when in Rome, I'll pop into... Well, not in Rome. When in New York. Well, <laughs> when in the region, yeah. um, I'll pop into New York and, and yeah. deal with the 35 degree heat yeah. while I'm there. Yeah, rad. So that'll be fun. But I'm going to miss you guys. Is it like me? Oh, or miss like you. The miss you, miss Mikey. Yeah. And, the, and the audience. I don't, don't particularly know you guys that well. Uh, <laughs> this is a fairly one-way relationship, uh, which we do apologise yeah. for. But, uh, but yeah, I'm just doing the podcast. Yeah. I, want to, I mean, like, again, we've got a couple of a big guests lined up in the coming weeks before Splendor, after Splendor. Yeah. But for the sake of not looking like idiots, we can't announce it, obviously. Yeah. But, I mean, we'll be, like the good news is, like, usually when you're like, oh, I've got to go somewhere, I'm like, shit, now I've got to find guests as well, because... You know, if we don't have guests, like, it's fine. You and I can talk. Yeah, if we yeah. don't have guests, what the fuck am I going to do? But it's fine. Right yeah. now, we're kind of covered, which is really cool. Mm. Um, I, I think, it like, the way it'll probably work out, because we're doing this podcast, and then we're probably doing another podcast on Monday before I leave. Yeah, yeah. So, there'll probably be, like, maybe three or four podcasts, yeah. like, that I won't be here for. Yeah. And then I'll be back. Yeah. Actually, because I'm going to ask you about this as well. Um, So, it was recently announced that... I think this is how you pronounce the name, Alia Shawcat, maybe from Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's coming to Melbourne Film Festival. Oh, cool. Um, for, for one of her films. Great. Um, how did you, have you watched the new Arrested Development? Ah, uh, the new season? No, yeah. I haven't. You haven't watched it at all? Yeah, well, because, one, because I've been travelling, um, but two, uh, I just, I haven't got a lot of excitement for it. Like, I feel like, it's like, you and I love Arrested Development. Yeah. And, like, the first three seasons... You got I think, me into like, Arrested Development, yeah. Like, it's, like, the best comedy, I think, that's ever been on TV. Like, yeah. I just think it's it's phenomenal. And then, you know, the fourth season was, was pretty universally kind of panned for, you know, being a great idea, but... You it know, was just great to have the show back, but, like, it, it wasn't anywhere it had, near as good as the first one. It had yeah. lost, you know, some of that spark and some of that energy, and, and part of that was logistical, the fact that they, you know, the we whole... get them in a room. Yeah, Arrested Development kind of lives off this big kind of ensemble cast, and they didn't have them all in the same room mm. together, so that was a problem. But, you know, also, it, it kind of felt like it had sort of... It was no longer of the zeitgeist, you yeah. know? It was sort of like a show that that no longer really kind of belonged in this world. Mm. Um, because, you know, Arrested Development was so influential for so many comedies, but, like, so many shows that are vastly influential is that the shows that follow it mm. kind of build on that mm. and exceed that. And then I think for it to come and sort of be the same thing that it once was, it was a difficult thing for it to do. And so I think, you know, the fact that season four was as lackluster as it was, and, you know, there's also been a bit of kind of controversy surrounding, you know, what the cast has kind of gotten up to yeah. um, in in the years since. I mean, obviously, Jeffrey Tambor has had some you know, fairly serious accusations that are leveled at him about his behaviour on set um, on uh, Transparent, uh, the the Amazon Prime show that he does. And on Arrested uh, Development. And on Arrested Development in the way yeah. that he's, um, he's treated particularly Jessica Walter, um, mm. who plays his wife in the show. Uh, and, and also... Uh, the way that was kind of handled and discussed by the cast kind of post was, was really kind of, in my mind, uh, not well handled, yeah. you know, and yeah. 
I think I think a combination of that has made me not particularly want to that that interview that recent interview they did with with Jessica and and Jason jumping in there yeah they had to like cancel the rest of their press tour and I feel like that kind of stopped the momentum of season five because before that everyone was like holy fuck Arrested Development's coming back this is the greatest thing ever yeah and that interview happened and it was kind of like oh this is uncomfortable yeah but it's funny you say as well like Arrested Development being at that time because like when you think of now like they're in season five people like Bateman and Arnett you know are Hollywood stars now yeah um Tambor Accusations aside, has gone on to win, I think, multiple Golden Globes for, for Transparent. Yeah. He, he's an incredible role in it. Um, you know, what's his name? Buster. What's Buster's real name? I, I hate that I don't know. Uh, right Tony Hale? Tony Hale, yeah. yeah. Like, he's, you know, on Veep, which is now one, one of the best yeah. and most loved comedies so I mean, like, in the last oh, 20 years. Like, the whole team has had, like, very, yeah. very big sort of careers. Michael Sarah, Michael Sarah really, of course, yeah. you know, probably the biggest of them all. Yeah. Um, well... Jason Bateman, but yeah, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, they've, they've all had really big careers since yeah. then. Yeah. So yeah, look, it's it's. I I will eventually watch it. Yeah. Um, have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've seen. I think the first four or five episodes. What's your review? I like. I love it. Um, yeah. Again, it's like it, that's why I mean, it's funny that you said like it's not of the time because it does feel a little like weird. Like a, it feels like you're watching. I don't know, it's, it's, it's weird to explain because it, it is like just like the old seasons like they're all together again and yeah. the weird in jokes and all the and like the continuing jokes that you yeah. see throughout um, it takes a while to get to them you know there's always like a main plot kind of going the whole season yeah it, t- it takes a while to get into that once it does it's great I'm not yeah. going to spoil it for you but um, I think it's I think it's great I yeah like, cool and it's like just David Cross is my favourite I love him so much yeah, he's 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 a funny he, dude, he but can... also you know courting his own controversy outside of mm. outside of sex. Yeah. So it's look, it's it's a we it's a show that you know in terms of like the craft of it and like the writing of it is probably still one of the better written shows. Yeah. You know, like even season four, which you know for all the criticism it got for the fact it was that the still cast good. Was there, it was really really but well. Well, like if they just said, "Hey guys, we're going to do Seinfeld," um, but one episode is going to be on Jerry, the next will be on Elaine, the next will be on Kramer, next is George. They're not going to interact with each other. Yeah. Just, like, it's like... I mean, sure, yeah, I want to see George Costanza again, but if it's just him hanging out by himself, it's a bit weird. It's, yeah, it's a tough... Yeah. It's a tough... Because like, it, it, it's funny, again, that you were trying to find your way to articulate what has been happening in that press run. And um, David Cross did an interview recently where he was talking. He specifically addressed that. And he's like, you know, I have to stress that we all, the cast, we've all known each other for 15 years. We all love each other. Yeah. Um, and he's like, it's just so tough to address these things because... People don't like context. Like, you know, he says, I can sit here and explain to you why Jason said what he said or why Jessica felt the way she felt, but all that's going to do is stir more people up. Yeah. Uh, David Cross is now trying to justify someone's stance. And he was, like, kind of sitting there stuttering his words and being like, there's no way for me to answer this question without making myself look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Whether I'm in defense of Jason or Jessica or whoever, Mm. I can't provide context because all context does in these situations, is create more controversy. Because people go, yeah. oh, this person's trying to justify it, totally. or, or make, it, make yeah. it sound like it's less than it. But all, I mean, sure. I guess the only way he kind of tried to summarise it all is like, you know, we all love each other, we've all known each other for 15 years. Yeah. Um, this isn't something where it's like a, you know, we all now hate each other, or there's bad bodies. Like, we all, we, he's like, after that interview, we all kind of stopped the press tour, and went away and like, all, the entire cast, yeah. and had like a massive meeting about it. Although, uh, why wasn't Michael Sarah on that press run? I think it was literally everyone except Michael Sarah. I'm not sure. I don't and know. Jeffrey, of course, who wasn't there. Oh, no, Jeffrey was. No, Jeffrey was, was in the room. That was, I mean, Michael, Michael wasn't there. Maybe he's yeah. filming something. I don't know. 
Yeah. I love Michael Sarah. So, you know, it's, it's um, I think Arrest Development is one of those shows that, you know, it'll always, in my mind, sort of go down as one of my favourite comedies of all mm. time. Uh, and I will eventually watch season five. Yeah, I don't think you'll be disappointed with season five. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, and it's like this argument that, you know, you and I keep having, not argument, but this discussion you and I keep having, and I feel like I keep having with all of, You're my, wrong. I don't all know of it my friends, yeah. is that question of, like, how do you engage with art that you love when the people that make that art become problematic? Yeah. Or, like, how do you reconcile the makers of art with the art itself, mm. you know? And, like, you know, we had this conversation about, like, for example, Kevin Spacey. Mm. Uh, and, you know, obviously the, the things that he's been, uh, that he's done have, uh, are abhorrent. But does that uh, make the work that he's done, you know, something like American Beauty or House of Cards, uh, as two examples of, you know, a film and a TV show that I have a lot of love for, does that make them something which is... Uh, does that ruin those things? You know, does that negate so, yeah, the I, work and influence of, you know, the hundred other people that were involved in making it? So I had this, like, exact conversation with Will Anderson. Like, I think you were away... Oh, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, and he said the same thing. He's like, because I, I think we use Bill Cosby as the example. He's yeah. like, look, I can tell you that I've seen Bill Cosby live. It was hilarious. I love his work. Mm. But based on what's happened, I'm never going to watch his stuff again. Yeah. So it's like, that's a, like, you know, that's like a, that's a perfect example. Like, uh, you know, they, they, this is a, a gross example. Like, you know, Lost Profits, the singer that was, has now is been jailed um, for... Pedophilia. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's gone for years and years and years. Pedophile, yeah. Um, I love Lost Prophets music. Yeah. I can't bring myself to listen to it again because of that. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and you only you can gang up on yourself for, for liking something. Like, say if you're a big fan of Cosby's work, you know, you can't feel bad about that. Yeah. But, I mean, personally, I, I would just never watch Cosby's stuff again but I, I because think of what he's done. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's no, there's no stock standard rule about it. Mm. But I think it's something that each person needs to reconcile... And everyone needs to work out what their lines, you know, where they draw lines in the sand. Like, mm. what, you know, the process of making music mm. or making a stand-up show is very different from the process of making a TV show or a film. Sure. You know, like, if you're, if, if you're an actor in a film, your role is a small part of a much, much bigger whole. You know, hundreds of people working on that film. Um, if you've written a song... Um, it's obviously probably a much smaller team that's working on that. So, you know, uh, does that make a difference? You know, does Kevin Spacey being in a TV show, the fact that there were a hundred other people working on that show, does that make the impact of, you know, does that make him being in that show less, uh, you know, less representative of him, of him as an artist mm. than say like an artist that's painted a painting Sure. and then they get accused of some things and yeah. it affects how you see their yeah. work. So yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of reconciling to do. So when we look at something like Arrested Development, uh, and, you know, there are these things which you... I think it's irresponsible to, like, not recognise that, you know, like, when you hear these things about Jeffrey Tambor and, and, and to some extent as well David Cross, and, 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 you know, he... Obviously different accusations about, about you know, the way that he treated a, a fellow female comic... Um, uh, in he said some uh, allegedly said some racist things uh, about and to her uh, that he denies, um, and so you know do you? It's irresponsible, I think, to because we love those people because mm. I love Jeffrey Tambor and I love David Cross to go. Oh no 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 no! Like 
oh, that's fine, or, like, to make excuses for them, course, or yeah. to go, oh, yeah, but, like, that was different, or not as bad, and, and I think, you know, I came close to falling into the same trap with Aziz Ansari, who yeah. I love as well, of going, oh, you know, was it okay, you know, it wasn't that bad, you know, it wasn't, you know, he wasn't Harvey Weinstein, he wasn't, yeah. you know, we try to, we try to find a way to kind of reconcile it because we love them, mm. uh, and I, I, I do wonder if, I do think with shows like Arrested Development, we need to sort of think, okay, cool, like maybe we need to actually engage with yeah. it and, and look at our biases and sort of go, well, was it okay? Like, yeah. is it all right for me to just blow over yeah. these accusations and yeah. these things that they've done because I love this person? Yeah. Do I need to interrogate that? Yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember like, I think I mentioned this with Will, uh, Seinfeld was on Colbert one time. Mm. And um, Colbert brought up all the Cosby stuff, and Seinfeld had no issue with the like, Colbert. Basically, can you separate the man from the art? And Jerry's like, of course, of course I can. Like, just yeah, no qualms. He's like, Bill Cosby is a comedian. He's a funny comedian. That's where my understanding and acceptance of who Bill Cosby is stops. I don't sure. need to know who he is behind closed doors. He's on stage to make me laugh. If he does that, great. Yeah, that's his role in my life. Mm. He's a comedian. Full stop. And I'm uh, like, I mean, that's one way to look at it. Yeah. I disagree with it. <laughs> I mean, like... Well, it's, yeah, I, I think it's just something that every individual needs to decide for themselves. Yeah. You know, and, and what for them is the relationship between between an artist and their art. Well, I mean, like, even like when you and I, like, how many times have, have I always said to you, oh my God, I mean, we're going to make this person, I'm like, we're going to be so starstruck. And like, just, they're just another guy. Who cares? A lot of people can separate that, you know, the... Yeah. This is just another person. Well, or, like, if you can say to someone, like, you know, like, I don't care if I make that person, like, I love that, I love that movie, or I love that album, but, like, I don't give a shit if I make them or not, like... Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And it's, like, I think it's something that we're both still reconciling, and something that we'll probably keep reconciling for, yeah. for quite some time. I think we're in the middle of, of having a really important cultural conversation, mm. something that's been long overdue, and I think that, at the moment... You know, like with any sort of cultural revolution, there's like a very hardline conversation that's being had, yeah. being had, which is like, which you know, we're pushing things as far as we can go, in order to to work out where we need to land. And I think that you know, in a decade from now, we'll have a much better understanding about how to engage with this. We would yeah. have, I think, articulated it better as a culture. Mm. But until we get there. We just got to keep on chatting about it mm. and listening, figuring it out. Yeah, know. figuring it out together. Mm. But speaking of um, people that I think you and I would be very um, awestruck to meet. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, do you want to set this up, Neil? Because this is your idea, and you're. I, I'm excited about it. But yeah, look, I mean, like, so I, it's like it, it's very. Um, this is going to be a tough one. Yeah. Well, I think we've done a campaign. I think like when we first like started community radio, like yeah. just to give you an idea of how long ago that fucking was, we started a campaign to get Flow Rider on the show. So for whatever reason, what six years ago? What do we call it? Flow Watch. Flow Watch. So for whatever reason, six years ago, like we were in the suburbs of Sydney, in the in the hills area. We... For whatever reason, Flow Rider came to Sydney and and wasn't performing at in you know in the city venues or your Hordens or your Metros. Yeah. He was performing at the brewery in Rouse Hill, yeah. which is like 10 minutes from where we lived. Yeah, which, which, for anyone who doesn't live in Sydney, it's like an hour, 45 minutes to an hour drive from the Sydney CBD. Any Think of any suburban area in your city or state, and it's like your local pub. That's what the yeah. brewery was. It's like, like yeah, deep, deep burbs, local yeah, pub. How long had, you know, look, obviously his big song is low. 
Um, yeah. I don't know how long that song had been out for then. It hadn't been that. It wasn't that old then. Yeah. So it was a really big deal. We, we were excited. We, we went on a mission to get Flo Rider on the show. It was like, it was, and it was a long campaign now. Like, I think we, because we had a weekly radio show. And I think we even, single, like, made like a theme song for it, like a ba 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 There was a whole Blue thing. watch, yeah. And then, like, for like, for the, over the course of like a month and a half, we were like, every guest we spoke to, we like told them about our campaign. You know, we were sending emails to people, we were hitting up on social media, we were doing all this stuff. Eventually, we got, I think, we like waited for him outside the brewery <laughs> with a microphone. And, we filmed it. And the and what we got from him that we made a very big deal about was we filmed him and we're like, hey Flowrider, how you doing? And he and he's like, hey guys, they like, waved at us as he got into the limo. <laughs> no, that was it. And we were like, success! We did it! We did it! Yeah. So, you know, we haven't learned from our mistakes. No. We haven't learned from anything. Not at all. So basically, um, if if you aren't aware, I mean this was announced earlier this year. Uh, a guy called Bill Murray, ever heard of him? A very uh, local, local US actor is coming to Australia in November. Um, it's, it's essentially coming with like a. It's this project he's been doing. I think he performed it on Kimmel as well. Maybe it yeah. was maybe it was Colbert. It's he just he's teamed up with like a bunch of like uh, world famous classical musicians. Yeah, and they kind of deliver like oh, and they're all from different continents. That's the whole shtick of it. Yeah, so they all he performs, you know, this beautiful music while Bill Murray just talks or sings at the top of it. So <laughs> like. Guys, I don't know if you heard that name just then. <laughs> Bill fucking Murray. Bill Murray, yeah. Bill motherfucking Murray. And, and, and we're, guys. we're only in our what? We're only in our twenties. So I'm not sure the last time Bill Murray was in Australia. I certainly can't remember a time when he was. I don't know if you can. Was I don't not that I can think of. Yeah. So he's coming here in November. So yeah. what I am declaring today is, I want Bill Murray in this podcast so bad. I think. Think that like Bill Murray watched what needs to happen. Yeah. Um, hashtag Bill Murray does David Neal. Can we change it to does? Because that just feels weird. Bill Murray does David Neal. Surely we can do I, that. I think that's part of the shtick of it. You know, it's a bit Bill funny. for David Neal? I like. How about, how about Murray does David Neal? What's the, enough with the does? <laughs> well, I feel like because like, he does the David Neal show, but it's a double entendre. <laughs> yes. You know, it's got sexy connotations as well. And <laughs> he might find it funny. I don't and know. He's able, like, it's, it's what? It's late, mid July now. I'm not mid, early July. Yeah. He's coming in early. Actually, it's the 7th tomorrow, right? And I think his first show is the 7th of November in Perth. All right, cool. So we've got like six months. Yeah, so. To I, build momentum in this. And um, he, Murray does David Neal campaign. He, he's playing at the Sydney Opera House on the 9th and 10th of November. So we have just over four months to get Bill on the show. Yeah, okay. Um, if you know Bill personally, give him a call. But here's the thing about, about Bill Murray, why, why I think that this is achievable. Yeah. Okay, is that Bill Murray loves some shtick. So people, if you don't know how Bill Murray works, is that allegedly, and we need to confirm this, but allegedly <laughs> he doesn't actually have like an a manager, an agent, or like, yeah. that's not how you get in touch with him. If you want Bill Murray to be in your project, um, there is a, a hotline you call. He's, like, set up, like, an answering machine. And you call this you call this answering machine, and you pitch to him onto this answering machine. And then if he likes it, if he likes your idea, he will be in your But thing. that would have to be for cold calls, right? Like, if... Well, surely, if, surely there are people in the industry who can call Bill Murray a friend, who would have his oh, yeah. real number. And you know, you look at someone, you know, like, um, you know, uh, I've just forgotten. The his only name. one I can think of is David Letterman. He's not an actor. Well, I was, but uh, I know he's close with Bill. Murray. Uh, my 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 brain is just will. 
Is oh it Ghostbusters people? Is that what you're trying to say? My brain, brain is broke. Broke. Who, who, Who's the director of like the Royal Tenenbaums and... Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, that's what, yeah. I, that's what I was going to say. Um, so Wes Anderson... He's done he's a couple. Been, you would think he has Bill's Wes Anderson direct line. almost <laughs> definitely has his direct He wouldn't have to go, uh, hey, Bill, it's Wes, it's Wes you know those movies yeah. we did together? But you've, like, you've literally heard, like I've heard interviews where, they'll, where they've been like, look, you know, we called up you know, the line that you call and we pitched the idea to him and we heard back that he was interested. Um, so we sent him all the information and then you just have to hope that he shows up on set. Like, But like, how can you... How can you book for that? As far as, like, let's just say, you and I write something, we want Bill Murray's the lead, we leave him alone. Like, you can't just start production without hearing back. But that's, like, that's what I, I mean, I'm sure, you know, in, you don't know how much of this is, like, just people, like, sure. you know, helping the, the mystery and helping, like, the legend. But, but yeah, like, it sounds like the vibe is that you just got to hope that he, like, he shows up and does well, it. Well, I remember for years as well when Dan Aykroyd was trying to push for a third... Ghostbusters with the original cast. Yeah. At one point, he even he said he uh, mailed the script to Bill Murray. Yeah. And he got um, the it was emailed sorry mailed back to him and he opened the envelope and it was a script that had been put through a shredder. So Bill that was Bill's way of saying no thanks. Yeah. And then the next time they pushed the script again, he said I'll only do it if I'm a ghost. See, amazing. And then but then you know he ended up in that um, all female remake. I guess what I'm trying to say is that Bill Murray is. And so unpredictable. <laughs> He's like, he, he did this amazing thing. So his son opened up a bar yeah. in New York. And so Bill Murray bartended there for a night just for fun. Um, and apparently what would happen is that you'll go up to Bill Murray and be like, hey, like, can I have two beers, please? And he'd be like, yep, absolutely. And then pour you a shot of tequila. <laughs> and that was just, that was just what he did. Like he just shot, like he was like, yeah, yeah. Like, what would you like? Like, I have a yeah. margarita. Yeah, absolutely. Pour you a shot of tequila. Yeah. And that, like, he just... Well, He's even, like he's done interviews where he has openly admitted the only reason he did the Garfield movies yeah. was because he thought that it was directed by the Coen brothers. Because the director, I think, was... I want to say Ethan Coen? Ow. Yeah, Sorry. sure. I just stubbed my finger. I, well, yeah. Yeah, I want to say that I think it was... Um, he had like, the last... Sur- he had the surname Coen. Yeah. And so, and so he, said, he, said, he, said, he said, oh, fuck yeah, I love the Coen brothers. I'll definitely do it. And then he showed up... And it was... Some other guy. It was some other guy. And because he, I guess... I mean, I'm assuming you have to sign something. Yeah, he would have signed, like, a, a contract. No, there you go, yeah. Like. So it was written by Joel Cohen. Not not one of the Cohen brothers. And he thought, oh, great, yeah. I love the Cohen brothers' work, I'll do it. Turns out it wasn't, and he just had to do it because he, he had, had already signed, signed the contract. Signed. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. That's how he works. I don't know. And, I, like, you know, there is a very real chance Bill Murray's going to come in November and he won't even do those... You know, he won't do the project. He won't do ABC. He's not going to do anything. So I guess, Or like, maybe he'll do the music podcast. With Dave and Neil. I, um, I just feel like, Neil, like, our strategy needs to be to, like, make this campaign big, mm. to make it bold, to think of new and exciting and creative ways to get him involved. If we can get his attention... Yep. If we can um, get our hands on that hotline, mm. whatever we can do, all right, we need to do it in order to get Bill Murray on the show. You know what's a good way? And I'm, there's, I mean, I'm going to have to find a way to do it. Yeah. It's just midway through Kendrick's set at Splendor. Yeah. I'm going to have to find a way to get into the, the tech booth or the tech van. I don't yeah. know how it works. And just appear on the big screen at the back and just cut Kendrick's music and say, Bill Murray for the Dave and Neil show. That would Tell make your you, friends. Can you imagine how popular you would be if you did that? Everyone would love it. Maybe we need, like, business cards. And, like, yeah. so when I go to Splendor, I can just, like, just give my business cards. And yeah. Like, and Hashtag, all it says is Bill Murray for David Neal. Hashtag Murray does David Neal. <laughs> I, I, maybe. Do you reckon Kendrick knows Bill? 
Surely I don't think they would know each other. Maybe they've met. I don't know. Like, I can't imagine they would run in the same circle. I'm just going to be careful not to angle every interview I do at Splendor with, like, Bill Murray, am I right? Um, I mean, it no, would no, help. No, 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 no. Yeah, right. If yeah. you had Kendrick Lamar being like... <laughs> Outside. I love that, like, in our minds... <laughs> We've got not, not, only got a, yeah. not only have we got an interview with Kendrick Lamar, but we've spent our interview with Kendrick Lamar getting him to help us get Bill Murray on you the You know what would be the worst part as well is that I think if we, if by some long stretch miracle, we got Bill on the, on the show. Yeah. I wouldn't even know what to fucking say. I don't, I would just want him to be my friend. I would, like, do the performance you're going to do at the Opera House here. I don't care. Just talk. Just, I'll listen. I would just want to have a chat to him. Because I imagine as well, like, if you if, if you threw all those questions, the things that we just spat all with each other about, like, is yeah. this hotline real? I don't think he'd give you a real answer. I think he would just fuck around with you, you know what, like, and give you fake answers. I, I wouldn't want to ask him about that stuff. I would just want to chat to him about, like, you know, like, Caddyshack and, yeah. like, the original Ghostbusters. Yeah. And, like, just, like, I want to hear his stories. Because mm. he's been someone that's been, like, such a huge part of you know, like Hollywood for mm. so long. Like he would have so many stories. Yeah. And I would just want to, I just want to chat to him. I just want to hear like whatever he wants to talk about. I want to hear. Like, a, this is like a completely random friend. Is he married? I have no, oh, he, he has a kid. He has a kid. So I don't know, maybe. Yeah. We can, we can go. We'll I, mean, I, want, I want it to happen. That's all that matters. We're going to do some serious research pre this interview, <laughs> yeah. guys. Unlike any interview we've ever done before. <laughs> We're going to prep for this one. Yeah. It's very exciting. Um, so, but yeah, let's start that campaign. Yeah, jump on Twitter, jump on face, um, Facebook. Facey. The hashtag is Murray does Dave and Neil. We agree with does. Yep. <laughs> I think I think I've said enough times now that it's locked in. So hashtag does, Murray does Dave and Neil. Here's another question: But does Bill like being called Murray, or is he Bill? Bill likes being called Bill. Maybe he fucking hates people that call him Murray. Yeah. Look, I get weird out when people are like, "Oh, hey, Griffo." No, that's not my name. Yeah, that'd be it's weird. Neil. Well, I mean, it'd be disappointing if we got him offside at the very beginning <laughs> yeah. with the wrong name. But is Bill too? Is Bill too like uh, informal? Maybe, you know? yeah. Maybe Mr. Murray. Maybe from that class where he's like, it's Mr. Murray. Yeah. Mr. Murray does, David. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of characters. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's look into it. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you posted. Uh, Dave, you have a, a blast in Canada, my friend. Thank you so much. Um, when you get back, I I imagine we'll be doing this podcast in the mansion. Yep. Stay in touch, please. Yep, Let me know what's happening while I'm away. Yeah, I'll try and get Kendrick to, I don't know, send you a message. That would be right. Yeah, that'd be really, really When we cool. get Kendrick, that'll be great. Yeah, excellent. Well, guys, thank you so much for, for tuning in this week to hearing us chat about life. Uh, hashtag Murray Does Dave and Neil. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. And here to take us out is uh, Lars Ulrich of Metallica playing the bongos. Take us out, Lars. <laughs> <laughs>